Welcome to the next instalment of the Millinery.info podcast series. Today's podcast is brought to you by the team at Millinery.info. Today we are speaking with Anna Bravola, who is the creative behind Annabella Millinery and has just had wonderful success at the Dubai World Cup. Following on from being awarded Best Hat in 2016, this year she was awarded Best Dressed Lady at the Dubai World Cup and a piece she made appearing in the top 10 of the Best Hat competition. Congratulations on your recent success at the Dubai races, Anna. Could you tell us about your winning outfit? Thank you. Um, my winning outfit for the Dubai World Cup, it was, um, I had two dresses in mind actually. I was I was making one. I was sewing from a vintage pattern from the 1950s, a Vogue pattern, which I didn't get to finish on time, but I still brought the dress thinking naively that I would get to finish it, but I didn't because of all the amount of millinery orders as well as the exhibition that I had at the uh, Maidan Hotel. So things got a little bit busy and I always have a backup dress to bring with me in case that happens where I can't finish the dress. Um, and my millinery was also finished um during the week but I had pre-made the base block in my London studio where I um, carved a polystyrene hat block for me um, especially for the Dubai World Cup so it's a new base and um, I used EVA foam to for the trim and handmade the flowers as well so I finished it all on the morning of the Dubai World Cup because I also had quite a lot of orders to finish before mine um, and yeah, because of my win the year before of Best Hat, I really wasn't expecting anything. Um, I was really focused on my exhibition and I was focused on my clients that were um, entering with me on the day. And it was just a whirlwind of events that happened and unfolded. Actually, we almost got rained out and the competition never went ahead. And um, well, it did go ahead, but it almost didn't go ahead because of the rain. How did you first become interested in millinery? When I lived in Cairns for two years, so I was born in Melbourne and I moved up to Cairns, um, there was a keen interest in Cairns to go, um, everyone would go to the races. And I had, when I left high school, uh, when I was 18, I studied visual arts, sculpture, photography, drawing and painting. And my love was actually sculpture and I had a fantastic sculpture teacher. Um, so I think that really started it off and I I thought I could make my own headpiece and I was really lucky that I had a wholesale, millinery wholesale supplier around the corner from me. Um, so I went to the shop and just brought up, bought a few things and Cindy, the lady in the shop that owns uh, Fast, I think it's Millinery Online, um, she explained to me how a lot of the materials work, which I was really um, very lucky and she told me how heat could transform feathers and I was so interested um, that I ended up getting a whole bunch more of materials and looking online of how I could manipulate all these materials and so that's how it all started of making my own hat so I made my own millinery and then I I got in, gained interest from lots of other people that wanted to buy it and then I also I won a Cairns Post Fascinator competition which then I won a thousand dollars and also some um, millinery supplies from that same store which enabled me to start my studio at the back of my unit so I bought a lot of, a few hat blocks uh, lots of trim some cinema and that's how I started. Where did you train and what was the 
best aspect of your training? When I when I moved from Cairns um, to the UK, I thought it was a great opportunity to really delve into the traditional millinery world and gain some more skills. So I studied at the London College of Fashion where my teacher, I was very lucky, she is the workroom hands from Philip Treacy's uh, business which is around the corner from me here in Battersea and she really um, she taught me some really traditional millinery skills um, and and had a we had a huge block library at the London College of Fashion it was like candy Um, (laughs) they had beautiful old vintage blocks that we could pick from and I picked this huge lampshade um, block to start with and uh, so that's part of my training then I also trained at uh in London as well with Kensington Chelsea College which is quite well renowned for training milliners here in London uh, it's one of the two I suppose London College of Fashion and Kensington Chelsea and then I went on to um I got an internship with uh, Noel Stewart as well so and that led me to North London where I trained there for quite a while and then um I interned with um, a more traditional milliner called Edwina Ibbotson. Her work is sort of similar to Rachel Trevor Morgan, who makes hats for the Queen. So she was, um, I would say, everything is stitched. She doesn't have a sewing machine in her millinery um, studio, whereas Noel Stewart, you know, you'd get the anything goes with the plastics to all sorts of new materials where... I was very lucky, so I had two different types of training, which is quite traditional millinery and then not so traditional at Knowles. I also I also love using Hat Academy um, because you get, get some access to amazing tutors from around the world. And that's when I was in Cairns, I was quite isolated. I did travel to Melbourne. I've see uh, I would see some great milliners, Louise McDonald, Brett Morley, for their one on one sort of techniques and also the group lessons. But when I wasn't able to go anywhere um I would go on Hat Academy and see if there was anything I could really learn from. You split your time between Australia and London what is that balance like for you? So my I do live between Australia and London I can't let go of my home I I miss Australia and the weather but I found that London has really um been able to give me some really traditional millinery training and it's also been like a, a great base for me to travel from to Dubai it's quite central um, it's been really great for my millinery business because I have access to the UK market and also you know some great events like London Hat Week I've been able to uh, I had a show through London Fashion Week which was fantastic um, so uh, how do I balance it? I actually follow the seasons, which is really great. So March is Dubai, then I work towards June, July for Ascot, and then I work towards all my orders in Australia for November. So I I open up my studio uh, for about two or three months before the Melbourne Cup when I go over to Melbourne. And I also have family, all my family is in Melbourne, so it all works well. Uh, I try and spend a bit of um, time with them as well. What is the typical process for you when designing a collection? When I design a collection, um, I have to keep in mind, I, I, I make 
between 20 to 30 hats in the collection and the the reason why it's so big for me I'm because I have to design for um, different cultures and I find the hats that they like to wear and the hats that sell are quite different between each country I find that a lot more traditional hats are sold in England but there is also a demand for non-traditional hats here as well and I also have to design for the Australian culture which is really forward and they're happy to wear more out there millinery um, headpieces and then I designed for Dubai which um, I I find that they they want to wear something different but they're they're not really sure that the millinery culture and their fashions of the field um, is just sort of developing at the moment so my collection um, I I gather a few colors samples um, materials. I'm really driven by materials. Actually, I, I, I. When I want to work with metallics, I I gather all my materials in front of me, and then I see how I can manipulate the fabric, the material of what I want to make, and the shapes and the styles. Um, what material and techniques do you favour? With thinking about materials and techniques, I often use materials that I think not anyone has really thought about using my signature style of the mirror pieces um, and how I came across to using them was I really wanted something that was very shiny um, metallic and I I used hand cut mirror pieces where I cut them to the size and shape that I want um, and it actually took me about four months working with the material I had it in front of me and very many trial and errors of how I was going to work with it initially I started with some wire and I wanted them to gradually go in a pattern but that didn't work so then I used some acetate because I wanted it to be a a see-through piece Um, the it kind of evolves in the end of what actually is going to be more wearable what's not going to be that heavy um, so, and the year before, in, in 2015, my first year when I went to the Dubai World Cup, I used skewers, which wooden skewers, which were very light, and I arranged them in a circular pattern around uh, as, a plastic acetate rose, which I heated and melted, um, which was really quite different to anything that anyone had ever seen or used, you know. Um, I like to use materials which are quite available to me I don't you know I don't have a big budget to spend on materials and I like to um, experiment with them so I don't want to be using materials which cost an arm and a leg and then having it not work so I I I find materials like plastics and acetate skewers and um, mirrors which I can cut up uh, quite affordable to me so and I use quite a lot of them because I often find my work is repetitive in pattern. Who would you most like to see wearing one of your pieces? I would really love to see, I've been noticing Beyonce wears a lot of amazing headpieces and her costume design is amazing on stage. I'd love for her to wear one of my pieces. Um, Or the royal family would be great, Kate Middleton. would be fantastic if she could wear one of my pieces in one of my more traditional pieces I'm not sure if she's ready to wear one of my mirror mirror pieces there uh, might be a little bit too out there for her what has been your most enjoyable commission 
I don't think I have a most enjoyable commission, but what I I do like when somebody asks me to make a hat with them, um, I like that they push me and they say, look, I want this, I want that, and something that I haven't thought of. And then I really don't like it at the time, but it actually pushes me to make it in my own style and then I'm really quite proud of it when I thought I couldn't do it initially so I love those commissions where they really push you out of your think what you thought you could do um you know yesterday I had a lady come over and she wants she's got some leopard print shoes and I just thought alarm bells I don't want to make any hat out of leopard print but actually I'm thinking that I might be able to make quite an elegant piece and she wants an uh, quite an elaborate big hat. So I I like to stick to making elegant hats, which are beautiful as well as eye-catching, but not over the top. So it's going to be quite a challenge for me, but I think I'll be able to do it. So I think the commissions that really push me to, to go outside what I would normally do are the ones that are the, the most exciting for me. What era are you most drawn to? I love the 1950s and the 1940s. I love the elegance and that they wore hats every day with their outfits because I think when you put a hat on with an outfit, I love race days and I think my favourite part is actually dressing for the day and getting myself ready rather than actually at the race days and trying to, um, you know, be there for the whole day. I love the dressing up part Um, and... A lot of my outfits are actually 1950s inspired. I love how the the curves and the, the womanly figures just look so elegant and tops it off with a hat. I have a collection of 1950s actually um, dress patterns that I've um, been meaning to make for a while that I tried to make for the Dubai World Cup but I just haven't had time to finish them. So a lot of my pieces are initially can you believe it um 1950s inspired the bases I love the the big lampshade brims the boaters um the perched boaters which have um I love them I love them for their elegance and their class and that they wore them every single day to um complement their outfits what has your day looked like today does my day look like here in London? Well, the sun's actually out. It's shining. It makes me smile. And I think everyone in London and the UK are a little bit happier because the sun's out. Um, I work, I, I have a studio that I work from all week in London. Um, and I, I either start off my day on the computer answering emails, um, whether it might be sending them off to um, magazines for shoots or answering clients' questions. I've got a few orders for the Melbourne Cup, which I'm organising, and also I'm sending some hats off for a movie in Paris, which is quite exciting. They're filming uh, something a, fashion, a movie about fashion and want some of my really elaborate hats, which is pretty exciting. Um, and then I I had I have some maybe some clients popping over that uh, make want to make some hats for Ascot, so they'll bring their outfits over and and talk to them about what kind of bases and shapes they would like. Um, and then hopefully I try and fit some making of hats in and let some hat blocks dry overnight because um, it takes quite a long time to dry here in the UK. I've found so I have to put it on the radiator. Um, 
Yeah, so my my time is really spent between PR, answering emails, and I'm trying to get a lot of hats in, make making hats in, which is um, difficult when you're when I'm running my, the business, my own business myself. Um, so I've just come back from Dubai, and now I'm focusing on Royal Ascot, which is going to be quite busy. Yeah, so that's my day. Um, it can it can go between seven o'clock in the morning and all night. Um, it's quite busy at the moment. What is the best handy hint someone has shared with you? Yeah, I think I've had some setbacks with my millinery business, and also when I moved from Australia to London, I was quite upset because I I'd actually lost quite a lot of my clients because of the shipping and the duty taxes and the exchange rate. So when I did do a lot of interning, I got some great advice from um, some uh, very kind milliners such as Noel Stewart um, who just the advice from him was just keep going you know I was I had had some setback from stockists and I was a bit upset but I think when one door closes it really has meant for me that another door opens and I find that the reason why sometimes things don't work is because there is a better opportunity or something better is waiting around the corner um, which is truly what happened for me when I, the first time I went to Dubai, because initially I was at the Prime Minister's Cup, I think in Gold Coast, I flew down from Cairns and I, my outfit that, and with the skewer hat piece that I made, which was lime green and gold, it, I thought it was fantastic. And I thought this is, this is great. You know, it'd be great advertising for my brand, uh, my millinery brand, if I'd won. And I got into the top 10 and I remember someone saying to me, oh, your outfit would really go well in Dubai. And I thought, they have races in Dubai? I'm going. <laughs> so I put it on my credit card and I think thanks to my motivation and just sort of open mind, I went and I haven't looked back since. So that door closed for me in Queensland, I felt, and, you know, I, I felt it. my outfit could go better. And I also thought, you know, I don't usually wear outfits twice, but it's in a different country so why not have this millinery, take a, take a leap of faith and go to Dubai and, it, and it's really, it's been a great experience and it'll be my third year this year attending and fourth year next year because I will be going back to exhibition again. So I think for anyone else out there, just keep going and be open-minded, um, you know, just I suppose say yes to opportunities and if you have doors closed, just go somewhere else and create more opportunities somewhere else and don't get disheartened. Thank you for speaking with us today, Anna, about your love of millinery and classical elegance. Thank you. If you know someone who has an interesting millinery story to share or you have an exciting millinery adventure happening in your life, please contact us via the website or if you would be interested in supporting our podcast by millinery.info, we would love to hear from you. This episode was brought to you by the team at millinery.info and we look forward to speaking with you again soon.